that was the familiar sound of ITV's football coverage for top flight uh, football from the early 90s, um, which if you're under the age of 38, you will not remember. And if you're not a resident of the UK, you will not remember. But I don't care because this podcast is not aimed at you. This is a niche uh, offering aimed at uh, uh, geeks and saddos and fanatics like me. <laughs> this is Football Unfocused. My name is Mark. The guy laughing there is Matthew. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. Yeah, so not aimed at me. Either. It's not aimed at you. It's not aimed at you. <laughs> when you sent it to me, I, I was like, where the bloody hell have you got this yeah. music from? I mean, I think I mentioned it the first time that we added music to the podcast, but I was just aware that I've never um, mentioned it since. And... Uh, <laughs> That probably confuses some people. They maybe they maybe even think that we actually came up with that ourselves or ch- chose it from like some stock music. But you know, we're not yeah. that. I mean, we are. Um, neg- <laughs> we are we're we're megalomaniacs, <laughs> but we're not that uh, delusional. Um, the... uh, so yeah, that is what it is. That was that was the last live football music pre Premier League ninety one two season when. Leeds United finished uh, champions. So, yeah, uh, Matthew. Um, oh, b- by the way, I just thought I'm going to, you know, in last week's edition, which I listened to this morning, uh, I, you may recall we, we had some sort of, you know, little a little bit of fun with some observational comedy. Uh, yeah. I, so I thought I'd, I'd carry on with that. This is an idea stolen slightly from the brilliant Atletico Mints with uh, Bob Mortimer. But, uh, you know, <laughs> see whether you think this is funny, right? Okay. So I thought curiosity killed the cat, but actually it was Kurt Zuma. <laughs> did you like that? Did you, did you like that? That was an observation or that was... Um... Pun, pun work was pun it? work. Well, no, it's not really a pun, is it? There's no pun no. in curiosity killed the cat. I, but actually, it was Kurt Wordplay. Where's the pun? Well, yeah, all right, wordplay. Yeah, <laughs> referring, of course, to the the revelation in the last 24 hours that the former Chelsea, uh, Everton, Stoke, and now West Ham United central defender Kurt Zuma is a cat a cat kicker. Not easy for you to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to add, really. He, he's a man who keeps cats around. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and today, today uh, he's had his cats removed. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, It's quite a traumatic all round. I mean, I, I haven't watched a video. I would find it upsetting. Did you, have you watched the video? I have, yeah. It's not very nice. I sort of sat there for a while and thought, do I want to watch this? And then I thought, <laughs> well, if I'm going to... Sp- Baff an opinion about it. I probably should at least have, you know, watched it. Do your research. R- rather than listening to sort of other people's uh, assessments of it. And, uh, yeah, it's appalling. Um, yeah, I suppose it's... How many it's, cats did he have? I don't know how many he had, but you're only seeing him kind of abuse one. He, he initially oh. sort of kicks it across the room and oh, then sort of slaps you. it back. But those cats are now in care, so... Uh, you know the the cat one nil to the cats, and he, <laughs> and, he, and he played. Um, he played last night. He was controversially picked from the start for West Ham's game. It's interesting, isn't it? Because clearly, making comparisons between human beings and animals is um, a kind of a, a bit of a you know delicate area, and probably an area that we, neither of us are qualified to go into. Certainly, <laughs> unless we want to change this to a philosophy podcast, but. If uh, Kurt Zuma had behaved that violently towards um, 
a human being and been a vulnerable human being and that being on camera just a few hours before a Premier League game there's absolutely no chance he'd have um, been picked from the start so uh, yeah I, I can only deduce from that that David Moyes uh, endorses cat kicking so uh, that's a, that's something we've learnt today David Moyes <laughs> Just tick next to him, uh, likes kicking cats. Matthew, <laughs> as part of the ongoing quest, uh, 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 these are not about um, about cats. Uh, the ongoing quest to learn more about you as, a, as the international man of mystery that you are. <laughs> I have three uh, questions for you, Matthew. Um, okay. Question one. Do you listen to the radio? Uh, yes, but not in real time. Does that count? It's still radio, Matthew. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a bit of Radio Four, right? To, just to um, to get the highlights, the the headlines. Sorry, not the highlights. Um, just to hear, um, yeah. What what <laughs> what recent shenanigans have been going on in the last twenty four? So you hours? listen to like a podcast of Radio Four programs on the BBC Sounds app. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm. So what, like World at One Today program? Uh, today in Parliament. T- today, yeah, today. Excellent. Good. <laughs> so, so I, I, I think that's a slightly show-offy answer to make yourself seem like an intellectual. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I am suspicious. So you don't listen to any. You don't then, have like music on just... in the background while you're working. You don't have like you don't listen to any sort of music radio or or you don't just listen to talk radio while you're working or anything like that. I used to. Um, I used to listen quite a lot to Kiss FM. Um, uh, stop talking. <laughs> Every time I think you can't lose any more credibility, you lose more credibility. And we haven't even started talking about your bollocks yet, and we will. Oh. Matthew, <laughs> that's going to sound weird, but it, in the fullness of time across this podcast, yeah, listeners, people. yeah, you, it will make sense. Uh, question two, Matthew. What is your favourite sucking sweet? Oh, I, don't, I don't like sucking sweets because... Um, I always, because my teeth aren't very good. I've had, I've, you know, I've had a few teeth knocked out in my time. You, you know that, don't it? Don't so just you? from people punching you in the face because they're I had so it. infuriated by. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I had my. So I was, I was, um, I was doing something in the. I was, I was in the toilet and I was sort of um, being silly. Um, with a mate who wasn't impressed, and then I sorry, I'm just to... going to stop you there. I was in the toilet being silly with a mate who wasn't impressed. <laughs> I mean that just as a standalone sentence. Wow. <laughs> Carry on. And then I started going to the urinal, and I was uh, going to the toilet and drinking from a bottle of beer at the same time, and my friend who I been being silly with and was a bit upset he decided to push me and so because i didn't have anything to stop me from going into the wall the bottle uh went straight straight through my teeth (laughs) i've known you matthew for nearly 30 years and i don't think you've ever actually told me i've not told you it's Mm. it's quite um yeah what's that got to do with sucking Um, sucking sweets so yeah, so I just think of those times of breaking my teeth and and so even things. now, I mean, you have a full complement of teeth, don't you? 
Well, you know, you got in, some veneers in one way, in veneers and crowns and such. all that shit. Yeah, it makes him stronger <laughs> if anything, doesn't it? A bit of metal in your mouth, <laughs> like Bond or something. Yeah. So that puts you off sucking sweets. But if 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 there were no, if I had to, yeah, if you had to, if you had to, you know, what sweet what sweet are you sucking on? Uh, rhubarb and custard. Rhubarb and custard. That's a classic choice. I'm I'm not going to argue with that one for once. <laughs> I'm semi impressed by one of your answers. Third question, Matthew. And it's a simple question. Do you like owls? <laughs> I know, cracking owl you just, century. Yeah, I know. You, you'd love some. Yeah. <laughs> Shoehorning those Alan, refer- Alan Partridge references in. Just answer um, the question, Matthew. Do, uh, yeah, no, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. I like... Any, uh, it, it's a always owl? Um, a brown, the brown one? Brown owl. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! A I'm thinking about. One. I'm thinking about bears. No cubs. Yeah. No, well, brownies. Brownies. The leader of brownies is often yeah, yeah, brown that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's not yeah. cubs or beavers, is it? <laughs> <sighs> you just basically you have no particular preference to the brown owl. You just named an owl that you could quickly remember the name of. <laughs> that's what I try and do with yeah, all these questions. Could have gone eagle. Could have gone barn. Could have gone tawny. <laughs> Went with brown. Excellent. Here endeth my an questions, eagle Matthew. An owl. An eagle owl. E- eagle owl, yes. Is that a, th- a thing? Look it up, Is Matthew. That an owl? Look it up. It's a very impressive animal. Uh, <laughs> right. Do you want to, um, just before I start talking about football, Matthew, do you want to um, talk about any sort of health problems you may have connected to your genitals? <laughs> Is that, um, that not something you? No, no, yeah. I mean, do you want I, to I tell mean, the world that, that at any moment you could I've got yelp in sli- pain? Yeah, yeah. I've got a slight twisting, a slight torsion, I think, in my nuts, and um, it's been. I've getting panging, shooting pains since about three this morning. Yeah, and it's and it's making me like leap up from the chair or uh, or from bed or, or wherever I'm at at that point in time and uh yeah so maybe tomorrow i might go to the walk-in clinic mm. and, see, <laughs> and see and see um and see what they think yeah good <laughs> good well i mean so we learned last week about your ongoing battle with the perils of athletes foot now we yeah. know that you're having severe problems in the bollock area um uh, you it's know your spreading. your health really is becoming the headline topic of this podcast. You know who, need, who needs football? Who needs the little list of things I'm I'm going to moan about for the next twenty minutes or so? When we could just talk about your athletes for and your and your twisted bollocks. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if if anyone has any experience i did actually um tweet us at, g- at f unfocused that's yeah f unfocused with your bollock stories <laughs> there is um uh if you start typing in something like how painful is testicular torsion if you start typing that in it the the automatic search is um how painful is testicular torsion reddit and so that is the most popular one and you click on that and people just tell all their stories about on reddit um, about how they were basically throwing up and passing out when they mm. had it, and uh, so I'm not that bad. So that's what I think. No, I but you are in 
sort of quite unexpected very, sudden bouts of yeah, discomfort. Yeah, it's, sud- it's suddenly very, very uncomfortable. For the purposes of this podcast and its sort of appeal to the masses, I'm just hoping that you have a, like a really quite severe shock while we're recording this to <laughs> yeah, provoke some sort of scream. Fat Matt, just, even if it doesn't happen, can you just pretend it's happening? So, so then we can sort of like we can clip that and hopefully it will go it will go viral to the fifteen people who, who will listen to this. Um, yeah. Matthew, on the subject of football, I mean we can we we'll go back to your bollocks. Um um you actually watched f- football last weekend, didn't you? And uh, and and uh, when I say you watched football, I mean I you watched did, the yeah. Afcon final, but just the penalties. And you thought, oh, I've actually watched some football this week. Maybe we could actually talk about something that we've both watched. But I mean, I don't know. What? What? Do you have anything but, to say? This is no. I just, I just feel bad if I don't suggest something to you. Well, and, and so I. Well, I saw that Egypt have a lot of stars over their badge. And then I found that they're quite prolific in the African Nations Cup. uh, Cup of Nations. Yeah. You're you're, you're absolutely right, Matthew. I believe they've won it seven times more than any other country. Yeah. yeah. Um, But Senegal, oh, Mane. Yeah, that was an incredible Mm. penalty. It was uh, considering he'd missed one in the uh, in the ninety minutes and the the, the sort of pressure um, that he would have been under because you know bear in mind that Senegal is a a, a a nation that's fanatical about football and they've been one of the sort of leading lights in African football for a long time and yet haven't actually won um, the African Cup of Nations um, so the pressure on that final I think they, they lost the last final to Algeria um, was it three years ago I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, delighted for as a Liverpool fan. Obviously, great to see Sadio do so well, even if it was at the expense of Mohamed Salah on the other side. So shame, but you know, Egypt have won it plenty of times. And just looking at it from a neutral perspective, you know, Egypt they drew a lot of their games nil nil. They only scored four goals in the whole tournament, and their tactics seem to be get to penalties and try and win the shootout. So they weren't the, the easiest on the eye. Um, <laughs> so so I'm, I am glad. Um, I'm I'm glad Senegal won, and I'm glad that you know that they've got a really great generation of some exceptional players. Um, you know, Koulibaly as well as um, Mane, just you know, really sort of top class performers in, in elite European football. So um, yeah, I'm delighted. Glad you enjoyed the penalties, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, they're better penalties. I was comparing them to the England Italy, uh, and I felt they were better. Penalties. Generally, yeah. Well, no one tried fannying about. <laughs> no. That's the thing. Now that we, I guess, now that we're a little bit of distance, because immediately after that shootout, um, you know, there was just the instinctive um, urge to like defend at all costs the England lads who missed because of clearly what they were going through in terms of like the unacceptable levels of uh, uh, racist and abuse and just general narrow-mindedness and unpleasantness um, and. But actually now, I guess in the fullness of time, when you can just look at it purely from a football perspective, there was some pretty awful penalties. <laughs> and if you're going to miss in a shootout, miss like just putting your foot through it, you know, just give, <laughs> give the thing a wallop. Because if you try and like do some sort of staggered run up and stop starting it, you've got to make sure you score, um, you know. But but hey, who am I to say? I've never taken a penalty in a, you know, 
in a in a, in a penalty shootout uh, at a professional level, Matthew. So uh, you know, easy for me to say, isn't it? But um, but yeah, no, delighted. I'm actually going up to Liverpool tomorrow night, and uh, they're saying that Mo Salah, who returned to training, I believe, on uh, Tuesday yesterday, uh, he's got a good chance of playing because he's he's such a an incredible physical specimen, physical was, monster. Yeah, that's what Isn't he was described as, wasn't he? By, by Jurgen Klopp, yeah, oh, physical monster. Yeah, uh, Sadio's been given a bit more time to you know fanny about celebrating. So good for him, though. I mean, absolutely, you know. Uh, and again, it's one of those examples of like when you support a, a Premier League club and you fixate yourself with the interests of sort of European football. It's very easy to kind of you know be dismissive of just how important playing for national teams are. Most footballers, the, the sort of pinnacle of their career is what they achieve on international level, regardless of what we as supporters may prioritise. And you know, there's no doubt, even though he's won the Premier League and the and the um, Champions League with Liverpool. Winning uh, AFCON for Senegal will be the biggest moment of Sadio Mane's life and he should be uh, celebrating uh, hard and, you know, he, he, I, I hope he enjoys it because the man, the man is a, a, a magnificent human being. He's a, a beacon of, of light and hu- humility and optimism and I, I couldn't love him more. So, yeah. Anyway, better move on from that. It just sounds like I love him. Matt, I want to moan about <laughs> commentators. Um Again. And pundits, yeah, I know I do this a lot, <laughs> but there's been, really been some flare-ups in the last uh, sort of week or so, and uh, it just what what pisses me off, right? At, what the reason this gets to me at the crux of it is, we are two people who uh, choose in our spare time for no money to do a football podcast. Me because I I've got very little else uh, going on in my life, and I just am. <laughs> pathologically obsessed with the beautiful game and you because you're just quite happy to sort of come along with me uh, <laughs> to have a laugh talk about your bollocks um, but I even you know with doing this kind of you know uh, un- completely innocuous uh, podcast feel a, a level of responsibility to maybe just try and learn how to pronounce a player's name or just get some basic details right about where they played before or, or, you know, record here, there and everywhere. You know, things about a club, when they last got to this stage of that competition, what happened to them last year. And the amount of times I sit there just, just picking up, like, basic errors. And I just want to focus specifically on pronunciation, yeah, because it's I know for a fact that every TV and radio commentator of top-level football gets a a... Um, like briefed on how to pronounce individual players' names. So when a new signing is made, they uh, are told this is how you pronounce it. This, you know, um, based on their their language, their dialect, whatever. And yet, still, so one of the most exciting and enjoyable to watch players in the Premier League at the moment is Newcastle United's Alan Saint Maximan. Right now, that is not a difficult name to say, Alan Saint Maximan. Right. In the last couple of weeks, I have heard Paul Merson calling him Saint Maximum, right? Uh, last <laughs> night, last night, Chris Sutton was calling him San Maximum. It's clearly not Maximum, right? That's not how you pronounce it, and it, it just it, it just disproportionately winds me up. Bobby Firmino is a is a centre forward for Brazil and Liverpool, right? Bobby Firmino, Gary Neville. 
who is a pundit that despite their club allegiance, uh, I do have uh, a lot of respect for, particularly um, outside of football with his uh, sort of social and political views and stances he makes. But he just incessantly calls him Bobby Firmino. I don't know whether it's a kind of like deliberate thing because he knows it winds people up or whether we've also, because Liverpool have also got a player called Fabinho, that he cannot get it in his little head that two <laughs> players have got slightly similar looking names but are pronounced uh, differently. Uh, again, a Liverpool one. Liverpool have got a player called Diogo Jota, right? Yes, it sounds a little bit like Diego Jota, but it's not. It's Diogo Jota. So after Liverpool knocked Arsenal out of the Rumbelows Cup a few weeks back, uh, Virgil van Dijk was being interviewed on the um, pitch after the game and he was uh, the the guy was from Five Live and said to him, uh, oh, Diego's playing so well at the moment. And, and Virgil just sort of paused and just just went, it's Diogo. I just thought that's brilliant. He's actually just stopped him and called him out. He's not, he's not just like letting it go. And it, but I just think it, they're so privileged, right, to do that for a living. They get to report on football, commentate on football, talk about football, write about football for a living. It is a dream job. It's a job that I would chop off uh, three digits on my on my left hand to do. Like even now, uh, I would very very happily do that. I would literally give anything to spend my life being paid to talk about watch, analyse football, and yet they get to do it and they just make such basic fundamental errors. And it's it's unacceptable for that reason. It shows, I think it shows a lack of respect to the uh, listeners and viewers. It shows a lack of respect to the players that they're mispronouncing. It just shows a sort of laziness and a little bit of like often cultural arrogance as well. And it, it just pisses me off. It really, really pisses me off. But there's lots of other things that uh, <laughs> piss me off. In the last you uh, week, tweet. are you going to tweet all those people that you've mentioned? You've oh, I mean, what's the point, Matthew? You know, Twitter's Twitter's no. Twitter's dying. No one's yeah, on Twitter yeah, anymore. Yeah. They're all on no. uh, tickety talk or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, here's another thing. Now, I'm 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 a, I'm a lover of football, and when it comes to football, football alone, in in general, in life, I'm I'm far from a uh, a, a traditionalist. In fact, I'm I'm I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm, I believe in sort of, you know, quite, the need is there for some quite revolutionary change, shall we say, (laughs) certainly in this country at governmental level. Um, But but when it it comes to football, I like to see respect for competitions. I like to see respect for the, the... the, the achievement of reaching certain levels and finals and stuff. And one of the things that I've really, that gives, makes, gives an unpleasant taste in my mouth, but has become a thing in recent years, is players who go up to get a runners-up medal when their team haven't won the final, insert competition here, because they literally do it for everything. They do it for, you know, domestic stuff, international stuff. They, they allow the... Um, presenter of the medal to put it around their neck and then they just take it off immediately take it off they don't i've not seen anyone actually chuck it down but they take it off but the inference is they're gonna like just dismiss it it means nothing because they didn't win now i hate this for so, i hate it so much for so many reasons uh, firstly you don't see it in the olympics do you you don't see someone going up and getting their silver or bronze medal and just taking it off they stand there yep. respectfully and proudly go on matt sorry there was a boxer at the last Olympics, there was a, Brit- a British boxer, yeah, and he did do that, and then he later apologised. He did, um, 
he said, you know, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that you remember that and he, he apologised afterwards yeah. and it was so exceptional. It's really annoying because I know exactly who you're talking about and I can't remember his name off the top of my head and I'll, I'll look as soon as this finishes. And oh. But anyway, yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But the fact that that was newsworthy shows mm. how rare it is because p- competitors in, no, in, you know, in those sports and at that uh, particular event have great respect for the you know, what a magnificent achievement it is to win any Olympic medal. And, you know, if you reach a final of a international tournament or, you know, the Champions League, FA Cup, whatever it is, I think, you know, it shows hundreds, if not thousands of individual footballers have taken part in that competition, would, you know, have bust the gut to try and get as far as they possibly can, would have given absolutely anything to have swapped places with those players, would still swap, even though they know they've lost, they would still love to be in their place to have had the opportunity to play in that showpiece occasion and I just hate it and I think the reason they do it it's part of this kind of um, self-aware social media orientated kind of show off um, opportunity to like oh for me it's winning or nothing and so I'm just gonna I'm gonna show what a competitor I am what a winner I am it doesn't show you're a born winner by being a bad loser that's not what being a a winner is a winner is someone who leaves no stone unturned to achieve what they and they give absolutely everything and just as we do this ladies and gentlemen Matthew's had his first bollock eruption of the podcast he if you could have seen his face that was magnificent he just out of nowhere just oh you want to describe that pain Matthew shooting it's shooting that wasn't contrived either that was real wasn't it I could tell by your eyes You look like a like right. a, a, a sort of you know like when uh, cattle have been like shot you know like a cattle prod or something like that. That's what you look <laughs> yeah, like. you have panic in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Do you need to lay down now? Or are you all right? No, no, I'm okay. Good. <laughs> so me, me bitching about uh, ungracious runners up uh, go gives you a pain straight in the bollocks. That's <laughs> that's good to know. So yeah, that that. Um, really winds me up but also here's another thing and this is going to sound like this is going to sound like moaning based on uh, my own current experience but I promise you it isn't because I'll, I'll sort of contextualize it so uh, I think for many 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 years now fair allocation of tickets for big events to what I would call proper fans has been a you know a, an issue of kind of quite scandalous proportions and um, uh, so in a, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Liverpool have made it to the Rumbelows Cup final uh, against uh, Chelsea. And uh, I personally have been unsuccessful in getting a, a, a ticket for that game. Now, I am somebody who um, goes to every uh, home game and I'm on the um, auto cup scheme, which means I automatically get allocated tickets for domestic cups, Champions League as well. And so in the event of Liverpool making it to a final of any of those competitions, I uh, am always, you know, I have a very, very good chance of getting them. And indeed have done. I think the last two League Cup finals Liverpool have got to, I've got a ticket. I was incredibly lucky enough to be successful in the ballot two consecutive Champions League finals, 2018-2019. And the last time we got to the FA Cup final, albeit 10 years ago, I got a ticket. So I'm not moaning, you know, it's, I've, I've, benefited from that ballot many times and on this occasion I missed out and if I'm going to miss out I'd rather it was for the 
for the Rumbelows Cup than uh, I'm, I'm just for the purpose of the tape. I am humorously referring it to uh, the Rumbelows Cup because uh, for a short time in the early nineties, it was sponsored by the electrical, now defunct and much missed uh, electrical uh, outlet Rumbelows. It is of course now, I think, sponsored by uh, Carabao, but. You know, traditionalists will always call it the League Cup. Um, but I'm just... A bit of horseplay there. Um, and um, But my issue isn't the fact that I've missed out. My issue is that whenever you get these finals, uh, be it at Wembley or, or anywhere across Europe, you'll get a stadium that holds 80,000, 90,000 people, sometimes less, whatever. And yet within that, the allocation to the actual clubs who have made it to the final is often less than half the stadium. Uh, in what world is that fair? In what world is that fair? Now, the League Cup, to be fair, is one of the better ones, I think, because it doesn't have the... Like, the FA Cup is notoriously awful because they give a big allocation of tickets to every single local kind of FA um, membership area um, and they get quite quite a lot of tickets so pretty much half the ground is, is is full of that and then all the dignitaries and the sponsors and the hangers on so in a 90,000 uh, stadium I think each club end, ends up getting about like a, a eight or 9,000 which is awful it is a bit more than that for the for the League Cup but um, uh, it's just I don't know it just what pisses me off about it is that every time one of these finals crops up, you always hear somebody will say, oh, yeah, my mate got me a ticket. And then you dig into it and, and it's my mate who works for a hedge fund or, you know, do you know what I mean? It's all that. And it just it just turns my stomach a little bit. Even and that's I've even felt like that for the the, 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 the ones that I've been to, you know, like I've seen people. I remember going to um, one. In fact, one of the most kind of soul destroying experiences in my football life in 2007 um i i um having missed the glory of the 2005 champions league final in istanbul because i was not long out of university and i didn't have a credit card or enough money in the bank to just go and i thought right well obviously that was a once in a lifetime you know probably the greatest ever champions league final ever i'm never going to miss that again so in 2007 when we got to the final again in athens i thought well i'm i'm going whatever it takes so I went with a good friend of mine. We had to, you know, couldn't get a direct flight. Went, had a night in Bulgaria. Flew then into the into Athens the night, the morning of the game, and without tickets, we didn't get tickets. Um, these were in the days before we were even part of like the Auto Cup scheme. Um, so I, uh, I spent the whole day on like the Athens underground system, just asking random people. Um, whether they had a spare ticket. I was walking around, the, going up to the stadium, getting off the tube, walking around asking people, walking around the city asking people, all day in the heat. Ended up just through a completely random chance encounter uh, getting uh, someone who, who was prepared to sell me a ticket and I paid a thousand euros for it, uh, which would be a lot of money now and it was even more money in 2007. Um, and even I had to go and... Um, Give this guy the money. I, he arranged to make me. So, they're so dramatic. I had to actually such a dodgy story. I know, and I had to walk up to the Acropolis in like mid afternoon to get his ticket. And they tried to um, they tried to ambush me. A guy sort of came out of the shadows and tried to meet, ask for more money, and then grab money out of my hand and Scarpa. And I I just sort of found. I don't know. I, I don't. I still don't really know to this day how I managed to do it. But I sort of like. Uh, 
pleaded my case and sort of stood my ground a little bit physically and they just sort of they then agreed to give me the ticket at the original agreed price um so anyway but having gone through all of that and then the friend i went with didn't get a ticket i only got it because i you know because there were so many i would say there were probably about 10 times as many liverpool fans in in athens as there were um uh, tickets available so vast majority of people there didn't get anywhere near getting a ticket and were just watching it in big fan parks and stuff. Um, so having gone through all that, spent all that money, you know, not slept for a couple of days, t- you know, tired and exhausted and, you know, everything. I remember getting through the ticket uh, barrier and walking alongside this guy in a suit who was dragging his son along while his son was crying. His son looks about seven, going, I don't want to go, Daddy. I don't want to go. It's boring. right? And these people are taking up seats. And that's kind of at the To me, it's, it's, it's one of those times when, when issues around tickets and stuff or anything like that sort of come to my attention and flare up. It says everything really that's wrong with football. No one should be in a stadium uh, for a final unless they've been to, you know, I don't know, 95% of their club's games that season. They've got no business being there. They've got no business taking those tickets from the people who deserve them. And uh, it just, it didn't used to be like that. You know, when when you look at footage from um, Wembley Stadium in the, uh, probably up until the early 1990s, it would just be a sea of, uh, you know, you can tell when you, you get a bit of a kind of, an educated eye for these things when you go to as much football as I do. And you can tell the difference between phony fans with their half and half scarves and their, or their bag of souvenirs and proper died in the wall, you know, week in, week out, know every word to every song. And, and they're the ones who should, you know, no questions asked, be at every single uh, game. And it just, yeah, it just when it, it's an, it's just one of those occasions when kind of corporate sport is, is that it's most uh, vulgar and distasteful, but um, but it's not going to change. So there's no. I'm just, I'm I am just bitching. Um, <laughs> and there was one other thing I was going to matter. Oh yeah, actually, one thing I did find quite funny just to just to um, to end on. Um, I've always had anyone who's ever uh, looked at our Twitter, uh, all, all all seven followers of our F at F unfocused. Um, that's F at F unfocused. Um, Please, please follow us. Uh, <laughs> please, um, uh, will notice that I've got a bit of an issue with the um, former Five Live and now BT Sport commentator Darren Fletcher, who um, I just feel that he has a complete lack of uh, objectivity in everything that he does. He has a he has an almost pathological fixation bordering on fanboyism for uh, the. Uh, the, the footballer Cristiano Ronaldo, to the extent that it just completely clouds his judgment, and I've I think I've I've commented on Twitter um, that he he I've heard him in since Ronaldo rejoined um, uh, Man United. I've I've clocked him referring to him as CR seven. Now this is supposed to be an impartial commentator. He's referring to him as CR seven on a live broadcast. He saw, he, I remember the, he's, done it, he's done it a number of times, but one in particular, I remember, he, I think he was lining up a free kick in a Champions League game. And he said, wouldn't it, you know, of all men on the pitch, wouldn't it be the most typical now if we were going to witness the, the majesty of CR7? And you just think, in what, 
like, you're supposed to be a completely impartial commentator and yet you're buying into a marketing brand name that that particular footballer gave himself in order to make money and you're referring to him as that. That is absolutely shamefully pathetic. And, and, and Fletcher is, I mean, he, despite being a supposedly a Nottingham Forest fan, he has an absolute fixation with, with uh, Man United on his five live show on a Friday night. No matter what's going on, no matter what the big issues are, or any other club, you know, Everton's problems, you know, when Tottenham are running into issues, stuff going on at Arsenal, whatever, he turns every conversation almost without fail back to them, even if it's been a re- relatively benign week with little, little goings on. Um, is absolutely obsessed with them and he always wants to kind of spin the conversation towards the oh but they're on the up and like look you know see everything you know they, oh they win a game against Brentford or something and he'll be like oh you can see now that you know they, they're they're their struggles aren't nowhere near as bad as people all this sort of stuff and it's it's bollocks right but he's at his absolute worst when he is with the the moron and sycophant Robbie Savage who is I don't think Robbie Savage is a bad guy, but I do think he's a moron. He's an absolute moron. And, and when those two commentate together, it is literally like having sort of, you know, <laughs> Boris Johnson and Nadine Doris uh, sitting next to each other uh, uh, talking about football, you know, dumb and dumber. And last night, I mean, I watched um, the majority of Newcastle against Everton, which is brilliant. Great to see Frank. Frank's really making an impact. And uh, uh, and, and by the way, we were, I think we were talking about last week how if they lose, um, uh, you know, a couple of games, they really are getting sucked in. I think they're now two or three points above the relegation zone. So I still don't think they'll go down. But it is going to be interesting to see old Frankie boy and how he how he works out. I'm sure it'll go well. Um, but um, but. Uh, when I then flicked over to watch the last sort of five, ten minutes of Burnley against uh, Manchester United at Turf Moor, which ended in a one-all draw, to hear the pathetic desperation in the voices of, of Fletcher and Savage to kind of spin what they were seeing into something that was resembling an opportunity for a late winner. For, and, and, from an, and it was one piece of movement that if anyone gets a chance to just look back, Please do. I mean, it's it, um, well, actually, don't, don't bother. Um, but uh, where there was a really standard piece of play and the ball was being moved onto the right hand side, I think Jaden Sancho got it. And, you know, there was a full block of Burnley defenders sort of crowding the penalty area. And Ronaldo made like a modest move towards the near post. And it's the sort of movement that ha- every single striker makes in every single move for the whole of the 90 minutes of every single football match and every match at every level that's ever played. Yet yet Fletcher was obviously watching him specifically, just desperate that he was going to do something so that he could eulogise about. And he and he actually said, Ronaldo's made a run to the front post and and and, and the ball hadn't even been crossed in. The the guy wasn't even <laughs> looking to cross. You said, "My God, you need to do you need to go in a little cubicle with a moist towel and have a moment to your own." You are you are a pathetic human being. So, you know, in the highly unlikely event that Darren Fletcher of BT Sport will ever uh, listen to this or hear about this, <laughs> I'm calling him out. You, you, you lack part. You, you're in. You're not impartial. You're pathetic and you make factual errors on a regular basis that somebody like me, who's an absolute amateur and has never been paid a penny in his life to know anything about football, can I can can notice. So shame on you, <laughs> Fletch. And Savage, please, please, just just retire. Go and run 
Macclesfield or whatever you do, and you know, keep going, you know, keep having your highlights done in your salon and driving around in your pink mini, and just you know, stay off the air. You're, you're in, you don't mean any harm, but you are a moron. There you go. That's what we're we're going into now, Matthew. Calling people out. I'm adding some aggression to the podcast. What do you think of that? <laughs> they will listen. They will definitely they, listen. They will hear. <laughs> Next week, they, I expect to see Robbie Savage among words. the 15 people that listen to this shite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, this will mean, actually, when you think about it, we identified last week that some people in far-flung parts of the world have randomly listened to this uh, on occasions. That will this would alienate them even more because they don't even get access to our commentators. So this, you know, I really am. <laughs> I'm throwing us down a, a, a sort of niche wormhole that is actually self-defeating and damaging. Um, and and on that uh, uh, revelatory bombshell, it's time to say uh, goodbye. Have a great week, and see you next time on Football Unfocused. Uh-huh.